I love the VA. Now, yeah, I think nope. he was speaking in iambic pentameter. It was like a sonnet. It's yeah. Oh, God, I, I was hoping that. I was hoping that. I thought that might not come. <laughs> it had a rhythm to it. Yeah, <laughs> it did. I was going to explain why Tyler was dancing. I was going to start beatboxing. Welcome to the Innovation Overground, the front porch of academic innovation where we find the coolest university technology so that you don't have to. We want to add to the volume of some of these innovations and hopefully help them become things that people can actually use. Thank you for joining us. My name is Charlie Litton. I'm joined by Joe Rungi, Dr. Law Dog, an entrepreneurial werewolf who hates being introduced first. Hey, Charlie. I am <laughs> seething through this positive attitude Rage. right now. St- tie, top button, stilled buttoned, however. And also joining us is Tyler Scher, PhD science wizard. How's it going? Good. How are you doing, Charlie? Pretty good. I feel a lot better now that I've annoyed Joe. Yeah, it doesn't it feel good? <laughs> you know, it's really hard to unbutton the top button with one hand. <laughs> it is, but you've done it. No, I, I use both. Oh. This is my right hand. Oh. <laughs> Which I use to remind I, people to take a moment to subscribe it, to the podcast. I unbuttoning. <laughs> <laughs> He's also not wearing pants. It's a little weird. <laughs> Vest and pants. <laughs> Got the top button done, though. <laughs> Wait, so, I, Oh, he's right. joking. I am. I right. am wearing pants. <laughs> These are my pants I use to remind you to please subscribe to the podcast. Please rate and review it. Please tell your friends. Please post about it. Please leave a uh, suggestive Instagram post. Whatever it takes. We want to be the front porch for academic innovation worldwide. And we are starting on a very particular porch this week. Yes. Isn't Charlie. <laughs> yes we do want to spread the word uh and this and you know what this time we want to spread the word a little bit differently usually we're focusing on on academic stuff but we're going to change focus slightly right um so we're going to go over some va stuff i think the the overlap between the veterans administration and academic medicine is really important to consider a lot of residents do their training over at the veterans administration hospitals they're often co-located near academic medical centers. Right. They're very often on the forefront of innovation. The Veterans Administration Hospitals, they are uh, very effective at treating ongoing disorders. They have uh, very uh, cost-effective, very good outcome approaches to treating things like diabetes, uh, other sort of ongoing diseases that they've really learned how to bring a community attitude to make sure our veterans get the care that they deserve. It's interesting you mentioned diabetes because, mm. you know, we're, I, I think we're going to cover a whole series, right? And we're probably going to go, I don't know, six or seven episodes at least mm-hmm. about the, some of the cool innovations they're doing. But I wouldn't expect the VA to be working on diabetes. I would think of about more traumatic type stuff. I think know? that's a really good point, right? Yeah, and, and the VA, they take care of veterans for life. And so they end up having to address all the same concerns that mm. everyone has, uh, sometimes with some more extreme instances due to the, the traumas of their service. And so because the VA provides care uh, through a different economic model, they are essentially a, a socialized program to take care of veterans. They really do put an emphasis on being efficient of being uh, good stewards of the taxpayer money while still keeping the, the primary concern on veterans. And you know, having worked uh, kind of in academic medicine and, and with the VA for a long time, the thing that I, I hear from the VA a lot is that they're very, uh, it's very important to them to get to the public that the, the VA does do a lot of research, that they mm-hmm. bring a lot of innovation into healthcare. And I think innovation very often 
has a kind of <laughs> Bill Nye the Science Guy sort of you know test tubes bubbling and 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 colored liquids, colored liquids, yeah. and and that is certainly scientific research. And the VA does that kind of research, but the VA is very emblematic of the kind of research for which there's actually a lot of commercial interest, which yeah. is things that make <clears throat> healthcare more efficient, that make healthcare cheaper to deliver, and that make them better. Okay, uh, what sort of stuff are they actually doing then for uh, diabetes? Yeah, right. so <clears throat> so this is actually. Um, a team of researchers from, from, from the VA and from Indiana University who've teamed up to, um, to discover biomarkers for the early detection of type 1 diabetes. So as Joe mentioned, um, the, the VA is uh, you know, largely concerned with a lot of the same medical problems that the general population um, has. Veterans also have them since they're caring for veterans for life. In the U.S., um, over a million people have type 1 diabetes, about 40,000 new cases annually. Um, Long-term effects on the heart, blood vessels, eyes, kidneys, and nerves. Type 1 diabetes differentiated from type 2 in that it is insulin-dependent. So it's an autoimmune disorder where the immune system attacks pancreatic beta cells. But type 1, that's, that's not an onset, right? I mean, that's something you're just kind of born with, correct? <sighs> Type one, you, you, you it's typically, it's typically sigh. It, it is. Oh, it, am I going to break this down for this morning? Oh my god! <laughs> no, you, you're you're correct. You're oftentimes you are born with it, but okay. don't have to be born with it. Um, but it's not something that's necessarily, um, or or maybe do you have to be? In it? I don't think you have to be exclusive. So I think that the the relevance here is type one yeah, versus no, no. type two. Type no, you don't have to be born with it. Yeah, yeah, it's an autoimmune type disorder. Type two is about sensitivity to insulin. So due to, you know, whatever your, your uh, ongoing blood sugar levels, you could eventually lose sensitivity to your, your own insulin. You're still producing insulin. Your body mm-hmm. isn't destroying it. It's just not working anymore. Whereas uh, type 1 diabetes, as I understand it, I always thought it your, was— Your actually, immune system literally is attacking right. your oh, own body. So they're completely yeah, yeah, different— yeah. They're mean, different mechanisms. I yep. see. Yep. And I don't think we're actually clear as to whether or not you can have induced type 1 diabetes. I'm sure it's happened, but yeah. it happens on the reg. Okay. Um, but that's why it's often called adult onset versus juvenile diabetes. Yep. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, so this is again another case of VA doing legit research with a research university in close proximity. In this case, Indiana University. Um, and what these researchers found was some novel RNA and proteins that are that are found um, excreted in extracellular vesicles that can be collected from blood samples. Um, and by analyzing the, these RNA and protein sequences, they can predict the risk of developing type 1 diabetes. And so the hope is that if they catch it early enough um, before the full disease is, is, uh, has progressed, they could, they could hopefully uh, pre- either prevent or at least um, slow down that, that, that full disease That's progression. That's going to have a huge impact, especially later on, because I imagine the cumulative, the cumulative effects of diabetes is what is, is the problem, correct? And what it does to organs and different things. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I mentioned a few of those and probably jumped the gun, but yeah, no. So, I mean, long-term effects on the heart, blood vessels, eyes, kidneys, nerves. Yeah. You have all sorts of downstream effects. So is there is there anything else that they're working on with diabetes? Maybe not at Bloomington, but... Uh... So related to diabetes, but not directly related to diabetes, uh, there's actually research ongoing at the VA related to obesity and sort of different uh, pathways and mechanisms to potentially treat people who are otherwise having a, a difficult time maintaining a healthy body weight. And there's actually was a, a lot of research over the last 20 years trying to identify the particular... Uh, biology of of weight maintenance and a lot of that came down with hunger. I don't know if you do you ever 
mm. do any research in like leptin related uh, ah. biology. But there are a number of molecules, leptin being one of them, yeah. which is a signal that seems to be related to uh, being satiated. Like you yeah, get a leptin satiation. spike when you're, you're yeah. full. And so people who are deficient in leptin tended to be obese because there was a failure in their receptor to sort of realize that they've eaten enough food. And so the underlying biological signals were sort of defiant of, of normal process. And hmm. so there was a lot of effort made to essentially drug that target, to upregulate whatever produces leptin or whatever mechanism to make leptin expression regular in individuals who were otherwise having a difficult time maintaining a healthy weight. And there's Sounds still- great. There's still a lot of ongoing research related to that. I don't know of any mechanism that's necessarily worked in like a clinical study, but there's a, an interesting research program at the VA available for commercial application. Uh, it's related to the P2Y2 receptor. And uh, what they've done is they have a, 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 a transgenic mouse where they've eliminated this receptor. So by not having this receptor present, then they were able to essentially delete that, and that would talk to resistance of development of high-fat-induced obesity. Mm. So what that means is in mice that didn't have this receptor, they fed them a high-fat diet, and they didn't get fat. And so the idea is that you're inhibiting somehow their ability to process this high-fat diet and immediately produce into adipose tissue. Hmm. And so that finding is really compelling. What's adipose tissue? Sorry, that's fat tissue. Okay. It's fat cells. I have a lot yeah. of fat. Okay. Got I it. should I should know. Everyone can hear <laughs> Your that. Your hide. That is adipose tissue. <laughs> so um, – the, the thing that's kind of interesting uh, about the patent position that they have, it's still pretty speculative. So they are only so far as identifying a method of regulating sort of uh, weight gain associated with high-fat diets. They haven't really sort of dr you know drilled down on the specific mechanism. So they kind of have some fun speculating on a couple of different mechanisms. So one of them is a, a fusion protein. And I actually have to look up what okay. a fusion – Why is that interesting, Tyler? So I'll let I can let Joe elaborate, but from what I recall, I mean that's that's going to be is that two protein separate sequences that yes. come together? Yeah, like, okay. I thought it'd be really complicated, but it's not. So fusion protein is just me take two unrelated proteins and sort of mash them together. Yeah. And really, what they're that doing is cool. <laughs> that sounds kind of weird. It, it, it's, <laughs> I guess they just... would, they would say fuse. You know, I mean, okay. I don't think that the scientists would say the word mash, but mash. I, I don't okay. want to speak. To I, yeah, I got this idea of this just you know. Like a four-year-old. Yeah, I got the picture. I got this image Alpha of my shade, kid. Like, Daddy, can I throw this egg at the wall to see what would happen? No, well, no. no. I think on <laughs> some level, every scientist is that four-year-old. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's just throw the egg at the wall and see what happens. Cool. So <laughs> right. need a grant to do it. So. so. Uh, but yeah, so they had that mechanism, or they're also contemplating the use of, of potential oligonucleotides mm. as an approach to potentially treat people to induce a similar effects. Really, what they're trying to do is they're pharmacologically trying to induce the result they observed in in mice when they had that deletion. Yeah. What is so? It's it's. I'm sorry. What was the name of the the chemical that makes you feel satiated? Uh, uh, I think that was involved in leptin biology. Leptin. But it's okay. been a long time. Yeah. What so. is leptin? Is it a thing? Could you just take leptin? Can it's you... a signal that was in your brain, and oh, so that so would sort of be then present. No, okay. I mean, I could, if you wanted to, <laughs> I didn't know what it was. I could drill a hole it's in like your a skull protein, or... and like spoon some leptin in periodically. That would be awesome. <laughs> Put a little jar on your shoulder. <laughs> Sounds delicious. Charlie's <laughs> leptin. <laughs> All right. So while I, <clears throat> so while let we me, crank up the me, boat, saw. let me find a way to hide my shame. I, Tyler, what? Uh, going back to your technology. <laughs> that you've done. I'm tired of talking about this. <laughs> Leptins. Uh, what, what's next for the 
for the test that you're talking about or for the early diagnosis of type one. Yeah, I didn't mention, I failed to mention, I believe that they have two U.S. patents already. So, I mean, this okay. is just, this is Step ready one, for, for licensing. Yeah. Um, now there would probably need to be some further development to be able to turn this into a, an actual clinical administered diagnostic, right? But so, so a lot of times when you're commercializing those clinical diagnostics, there are existing banks of data that are sort of wide and known. So for this one, you'd have a wide panel of people. I imagine the VA has a huge collection of VA data. does do a job yeah, producing cohorts. One of yeah, our yeah. biomarkers we tested using a VA cohort. Yeah. And so you would essentially take a cohort that's already had a product validated and run it through the same cohort. So somewhere there's a giant freezer in a basement somewhere filled with specimens that have been previously used for diabetes 1 mm. uh, analysis. So you yeah. Test it against that. So essentially a biobank. You know, I... I I probably have to ask this for every for every episode, but I'm curious. What's the, you know, what's the ability for the VA to um, to commercialize some of these these innovations? Do they have the same flexibility as say, um, or the ability as a university does? I know we have tech transfer offices that kind of help with that. Does yeah, be- the tech transfer officer of the VA is an entity called TechLink. Yeah. Um. So they do kind of the promotional work when someone's interested. Then TechLink passes them on to VA administration and negotiate a license. Oh. Cool. So the process is a little more disjointed than Unimed, only that they have separate entities doing the marketing and licensing. But Unimed is the tech transfer office for University of Nebraska Medical Center, our sponsor. So yeah, just for and for UNO. And UNO, correct. <laughs> um, so I'm sorry, Joe, what was, what's the next step for the technology you were talking about? The so OBCD? they need to find some drugs. You know, They've got an interesting model here, and they've got some speculative. They need to start mashing some proteins together and then throwing them at the <laughs> wall and see what sticks. Okay. <laughs> All right, so that was that was the part I, I interrupted. Yeah, basically, right. if if they develop just some sort of antagonist, then right for those that receptor. Yeah, they're really stuck on biologics, though. They yeah. want to do it with an oligonucleotide. Yeah, and okay, that's protein, right. And I didn't read close enough to know exactly why. Okay, hmm. well, I think on that note, I think it's time we come to ground. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, please take a moment to check out the program notes. Sorry, I didn't want to jump the gun this time. No. <laughs> um, please take a moment to check the program notes. We'll include links to all of the great technologies from the VA that we discussed during the episode. Yes, I want to uh, also thank our sponsors. Uh, we mentioned Unimed earlier. Also, Unitech, the translational... I, I never get it right. Translational I'm, research. I'm going to write it down this time. Translational <laughs> Research Institute of the University of Nebraska Medical Center and University of Nebraska Omaha. We're also a startup incubator. Uh, please be uh, on the look. We will drop when unitech.org goes live. You can see some of the cool projects that we're working on as well. Yes, I also want to thank uh, the recording studios at KVNO and and uh, Corbin Hershorn, our our producer. Uh, so for Tyler Sher, Joe Rangi, I'm Charlie Litton saying thank you and join us again every Monday on Unimed's Innovation Overground.